and welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 65, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter, because, uh, in the grand scheme of things, this episode doesn't matter at all. I feel like we stole that from something. I wonder what it is. No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -mm. That's wholly from my own head. I came up with it. <laughs> it's just yeah, this no. episode could be removed entirely. And it wouldn't change a damn thing. No, not at even all. a little bit. No, no. I um, I, I referenced my last uh, my last text to you about that, which was like, dude, this ending is horseshit. Like, why is this knowledge ever mentioned, never mentioned again? What about fucking Nick? He's never mentioned again. Nope. I call shenanigans on everything because they just never mention jack shit. Not to mention they don't even bother to explain any of the shit used no. in the episode. No, 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 no. Like, why are they speaking Mayan? Why did they use what looks like an Egyptian-style pyramid versus a Mayan-style pyramid. I have questions. And this episode's like, yeah, no, we, we know we set this up. That's just <laughs> it. They have, they have no intention of doing anything else. And it's like, Here's the guys, thing, though. guys. I do want to say, we're saying all of it. this. That's the thing. Yet, is you get away with it because I still enjoy funny. this episode. It's, yeah, no, usually when it, we go, this yeah. episode doesn't need to exist, it's like, get it out of here. No, this time it's like, this episode doesn't need to exist. But we still enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, I, I, think... will, I will have to say, I do feel like it probably sold at least 40% of why it holds up for me has to be just based on nostalgia at this point. Because it's not that good. It's but here's, not that okay. good. No, here's the thing. Um, So I'm going to jump a little ahead in my notes here just to lay it down a basic premise. Teaser time. I think in the concept of just an episode that exists on its own, it is a good episode. In the concept of an episode that exists in a wider world that has background and has foreground, both of which need to be referenced, it doesn't work. The, the, the writers for this episode don't do well with having they an existing they story that already... They an anthology. Yeah. They think they, they were doing they like were a one-shot. They thought they were working for Black Mirror. Exactly. Per yeah. Precisely. That's exactly my point. Like, but they also got fired from Black Mirror because they didn't do any lore building for the world whatsoever. Yeah. As a standalone that's not supposed to go anywhere, isn't coming from anything, it's really strong. But as soon as you start looking at, you know, the things they're referencing, or the things that they're claiming have been referenced, or the fact that it's never going to get referenced again, that's where it falls down. So as long as you go, this is some, like, parallel universe kind of thing or whatever. I don't know. But as Why long not? as you just sit back and go, this doesn't affect the show. Okay, so it's this a is a fun massive, watch. This is a massive spoiler alert for you um, and for anybody I else. I never care about spoilers. For some reason who hasn't seen Stargate Atlantis yet at this point. You have an excuse. You're not watching it at this point because you're waiting until we get there. Yeah. Uh, anybody else listening, I don't know what your deal is. Uh, <laughs> with that note... um. There's uh, an episode of Stargate Atlantis that to this day pisses me off because it has no business being like the second to last episode of the series. Oof. I know. I, I feel like it was because this was like something that was too late to not do. I feel like it was like a, oops, we got canceled. Well, guess what's the penultimate episode now? <laughs> but 
it takes place in an alternate universe it was alternate people and it's just it's such a weird standout episode it's like that episode of stranger things in season two that everyone hates <laughs> you know where it's just like weirdly momentum killing that's kind of uh that episode this isn't like that whatsoever but it's, it's a weird thing that stargate kind of does and i can say that because i've done it all of once that's a pattern of one but Actually, that's a lie. They've probably done a lot of alternate universe episodes now that I think about it. So yeah, <laughs> that's totally a Stargate thing. This is just, I would, you know what? No, this is all just a long-winded way of me saying, you know what? I'm buying into it, Mel. This is my new headcanon. This all took place in an alternate universe. There you go. Which and that's why, why we, we never, never hear, hear about, about it again. It again. Yeah. And that's why we never hear about the grandfather to begin with. Because it's like one of the first things I was, you know, mentioning to you is I call, I call fucking bullshit on the, the crazy grandfather background. Because how is it not ever brought up? During any of the ridicule for this guy in so his So it's a thin background. defense. I have two defenses here, and they're both a little thin. One of them's a little less thin, mm. uh, but it also depends on human decency, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. But the thin one, which I don't know, back then it could have worked, because searching things wasn't as easy back in the 90s. Uh, or, yeah, it would have been true, even before true. the 90s. Genealogy type His shit would have been harder. His name is Ballard. Ballard. Yeah, Daniels no, more of a maternal name. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I figured it was a maternal thing. Something got lost in in Yeah, they just Family translation the during the years. Especially yeah, since no, you're totally neither of them are wrong. probably claiming each My other. My thing was is but that also, there are totally circles within academia, and it could it could have happened that somebody could have connected that dots and then written well, to his the friend thing. at Harvard and so on here's and so forth. Here's my follow-up to that. If someone did connect the dots... By the time Daniel starts to, you know, be manifest what they think is theories, crazy, yeah, uh, Nick was probably already like institutionalized. Which, by the way, why is the guy with the heavy accent institutionalized in Oregon? <laughs> I don't know, my, my dude. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, <laughs> if he was already institutionalized, there comes a point where it's a human decency thing. Not to bring okay, up yeah. his grandfather as a comparison. Because it's like, no, that's an actual mental illness. You can't use that to attack him. In terms of the devil's advocating, I'll give you half a point. That one's actually not bad at all. I'll give yeah. you that. It's, I still call bullshit on the whole thing because it's that's obviously pulled said, out of the rest for the episode. defenses, yeah. but they but both still work. Yeah. <laughs> now you're, you're, it's just the fact that it cracks me up that I know in the movie, uh, the, the trivia is helpful enough to point out that it's never really said on screen that Daniel ever actually, he never himself okay, says on screen. Okay, so we're getting screen. into this now. This has been a problem with my show from the beginning, because this is not just in this episode. This whole damn show regularly says that Daniel claimed the pyramids were a landing yeah. spot. Yeah, no, he for, never did. For, no. no, someone joked in the yeah. audience about it. Yeah. And I'm still furious. I love this show. I do. But I'm furious with this show for deciding that Daniel said it. It's like, you, watch the movie. What are you doing? It's right yeah. there. It's not even a whole... It, you did 10 years of this. You just need to watch it. A two-hour movie. Just fucking sit down and watch it. If you're going to reference things from the movie, and I, yes, some things from the movie, you're just changing whole cloth. Jack's personality. Like, he, obviously, things have to change. Yeah. But there was no reason that that had to change. You know how you could solve it? Yeah. You know, once people started making jokes about you thinking that the pyramids were landing pads for alien spaceships... Your credibility went out the window. That's all you need. It still works. The narrative still works. And it just infuriates yeah. me. Well, they keep having this up through said continuum. all of that, I want to say... In well, continuum, yeah, too. No, I know, I know. 
the, the point I'm trying to get here at here is that uh, even so the thing is, is let's say people are just making jokes right it is while it's never on screen that he himself says it because he doesn't and I'm not arguing that because he doesn't it's just yeah. a fact obviously assholes in the audience have no problem making those jokes no it just amuses me that if they're able to make these jokes make these kinds of connections and are clearly dickheads um to begin with i could totally see that one asshole especially back then people come on people are rats people do that shit they burrow in they find shit to use against you so i could totally see okay actually you know what i just talked myself out of it just now in my brain because you know what Dude with the heavy accent was for some fucking reason institutionalized in Oregon. I now have it as my headcanon. It was to keep him so far out of the way that no one, no one would have fucking looked there of all places. Fair enough. I'll actually, yeah, and no that one would have been able to connect works. those That's dots. That's a legit answer. Fuck it. There we go. Fuck it. I was, I had a whole thing, and I'm just ending it here because you know what? Never mind. Screw it. Fuck it. <laughs> because fuck it. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think uh, fuck it is a pretty good place to go. I'm Mel, <laughs> and I'm Liz, and um. Honestly, do, do you want to say what we missed last week? You don't have to. I just... I prefaced it on Twitter by saying we missed yeah. for a good reason. It wasn't no, the July curse. No, we did miss curse. for a good reason. It was not a curse. It was uh, unplanned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was good news. No, I got married. Yep. Yep. No, I am no longer... I don't know what the phrase is. Uh, I only know what the phrase is. At. They say, make an honest woman out of you. I don't know what you're not... I don't know what you are when you're not married. Whatever I was. Uh, dishonest, I guess. I guess I'm Harlot. no longer. Or that. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Harlot's such a fun word, right? Right. Why not? But yeah, no, I uh, I got married. And now I am exactly the same as I was before. But mm-hmm. <laughs> with a ring on it. <laughs> that, that, that's why we missed last week. It well, was thank for you for your patience, reasons. everybody. Mm-hmm. It was for a good cause, I promise. Yep, but we're back. So, we're back to talk about this episode. It's a good episode to come back on. Yeah, it was a fun little, like, as much as, yeah, I did just spend two minutes yelling, and then you're also, but we still, we enjoy this episode. It's one that we just remember. You know those episodes that just, you're like, yeah, that episode. And uh, it's season three, episode 21, uh, Crystal Skull. And it was written by Michael Greenberg and Jared Paul. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was story by Michael Greenberg and Jared Paul, teleplay by Brad Wright. So that actually explains everything. The story is the disconnectedness of it, and it's by people we don't know. Say goodbye to that guy we don't know, one of them anyway, Gerard Paul. Um, it's uh, the last of two episodes written by him. He apparently starred in a show, a short-lived series that I now need to watch because it starred him. Richard Dean Anderson and John Delancey, which I, huh. uh, yeah, I can't even imagine that. I can't even begin to picture that, but I need to see this now. Yeah. This, this needs to happen. So that's, yeah. that's, that's on my schedule now. Uh, so looking at this writing setup, it, it explains it entirely. The story concept was by two random people. And then the actual great uh, banter and like the byplay and the dialogue is by Brad Wright who Brad Wright has proven to be great at banter. Well, yeah, he, he definitely kept up with that, I would say, because the dialogue as usual in this fucking oh, killed me. Oh, snappy, yes. Very good dialogue in this episode. Eric just kept looking at me pointedly like... <laughs> like, do you see a resemblance? And I was Jack like, was really Shit. jacking around in this episode. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. Yes, and I'm not gonna say it. I was very firm. I was very careful about the way I was saying it. Very firm about that, were you? Yeah. 
and it was directed by Brad Turner. Shit. The, what are you directing are, in? It's been too long. Um, it's been a few episodes. Hmm, let me look at the last thing he did. Brad Turner hasn't been around in a while. This is the only episode he did in season three. Uh, Touchstone. Oh, wow. oh God. Touchstone. Wait, what? Toka he, he Part directed... 2 and Toka Part 1. Do we like Brad Turner? Wow, you know what? I'm going to give him credit because... I guess this wasn't So here's terrible. the thing. The CGI in this episode is awful. And the directing in working around the CGI in this episode, not great. But I want to give him credit. And again, this comes down to we don't know how much of everybody's job is involved in each detail. But right. I have to imagine the director is pretty decently involved in, like, the framing of characters when it comes to, like, the bits where, like, Daniel's talking over someone, but you can clearly hear both parts of the dialogue. Yeah, and, the like, awkward bits. Yeah. Like, the framing things, I think, were done really well. Oh, I though, think sorry, we're thinking about different things. Yes, I agree. No. <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, the framing stuff. Yeah, no, I... Because I'm specifically thinking of one time where, like, uh, Teal'c is telling Jack something, and, like, at, it starts with Teal'c in the foreground telling Jack something, and then we just kind of swap over to Daniel, and you could still hear Teal'c finishing his thing to Jack, and you could still clearly hear what he's saying, but now we're focusing on Daniel, and now Daniel starts talking over him. Oh, yeah, no, audio rapping is always a good touch. It, uh, it helps deceive yeah, and the even, eye like, a on bit that, more, like, brain, I mean, a bit more. The, and and the camera, I think, did a good job of, like, keeping, dealing with the fact that there's an invisible person on the screen and, like, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, that stuff is always just so heavy-handed to begin with because of what the subject matter is. Yeah, it's all yeah. about, it's like, it's like forced perspective personified. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when they're doing the mirroring shit. That's also a lot of that perspective shit because they want to go, yeah, look yeah. what we can do. Look how amazing. <gasps> look, he's a ghost. Oh, my God. Call Patrick oh. crazy. I'm you not even talking about, like, uh, like walking through them. Right, 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 right. Stuff, but I'm just talking yeah. about all of it together. It's like it's all yeah. just a very forced perspective because they're going for something really specific. Mm-hmm. And there's literally, like, no other real way to do it because they're trying to be in your face about it. So yeah. I can't complain about the extraness of it without complaining about the mechanism. So I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and complain about the mechanism. Um, I hate the whole forced perspective thing. I just, I wish there was a subtle way of doing it. Yeah. I, I get it. You gotta do it. I just prefaced all that. But it doesn't mean I'm happy. <laughs> Which got that that should be a t-shirt for me. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm happy. Um, honestly, yes, I, I don't know how much of that was Brad. Uh, I feel like he's improved a little bit since the last episodes we had well, him on. It's like, but that was I'm, over a year ago, right? Well, I'm drawn to like Michello, where I remember we talked about how that wasn't as bad as they usually are with doing. That's the because whole... they made a point of never having or not very rarely having Daniel and Michello on screen at the same right. time. No, no, that might have been because of other things. But who the fuck knows? I don't care. I don't care what the reasoning was. I yeah. think the outcome was good. Yeah, and no, I wish it, it could be mm-hmm. repeated more. And I know this is a different kind of thing. It's not mirroring so much as the invisibleness. But I, uh, even though I can't think of any of the examples right now, I'm sure there have to be some because somebody has to have done this differently at some point. This cannot be literally the only constant. But yeah, whatever that version is, I'm sure I've seen it too because I feel like it. This isn't this. This doesn't feel like just blind faith that it's there's a better way. I feel like I have a basis for this somewhere in my memory. Well, I'll give another example for how I think Brad Turner's actually done a decent job with like working with this this mechanic, this mechanism. The the scene near the end 
where uh, Nick goes into a room alone, but Daniel follows him. And the uh, the scene starts with it seeming yes, no, to be I, another yeah, one no, of those that's, things. That's fine. That's where fine. That one I agree with. That one's that's, good. That kind I wanted of, more of that. Yeah, no. That kind of framing is what I'm saying he did really well. I'm not talking about, like, the obvious force perspective stuff. That's just, like... So, okay, that's the thing. I think he has skill because mm-hmm. yeah. if he didn't, he would have done just the thing I was complaining exactly. about the entire time. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I'm still going to use this as a way to kind of complain because it's, like, that scene that you just described proves that he knows yeah, of yeah. the other ability. So I wish there was more of that. I think they yeah. shy away from it because they like the silliness of it or whatever, but... Yeah, I mean, as she wants to In that case, I just camp, wish that everything... So. Thing was done my way but you know that's just not how life is and i can move on uh but yeah i just like brad turner's never gonna be never a strong word i don't know maybe he significantly improves down the line he's not in our hall of fame but i definitely think from the other episodes we've seen him do he has improved because touchstone and the toker episodes were rough with directing <laughs> I can't remember anymore. All I remember about Touchstone is just that I despise it. Uh, Tokra had that really obvious pause to wait for the Tokra to come out from their sand hiding place. Oh, that shit. Yeah, no. Fuck that noise. Compared to that, this was a gem. Exactly. Brad Turner has improved. (laughs) Yeah, but anything's an improvement. Yeah. Compared but we to gotta that. take improvements. <laughs> God, man, who directed um oh, la, 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 spirits? Because I'm still uh, mad about was... the uh the Captain Carter. Pause, pause, pause. Camera shifts. Pause, See, pause, I pause. Think... Then everybody comes out of the fog. Okay. For that specific one, and I will tell you in a second because I don't know who it is yet. But I think for that specific one, I don't think that was the director's fault. I think that came down to editing. Well, the director should have yelled at the editor then. Maybe they did. The buck stops somewhere. See, here's the thing. Yeah, it's Martin Wood who did Spirits, and Martin Wood is a good director. Martin Wood is in our Hall of Fame. I apologize for any bumps in my audio. I just realized my knitting needle was resting against my uh, recording surface th- th- for the last, like, Shameful. two minutes. But yeah, I think that one came down to an editor issue more yeah, than it was. Uh, it doesn't director. matter anyway. I was just making fun of it in comparison yeah. to this. Uh, but yeah, so with all of that under out of the way, let's actually talk about this episode. Uh, if I can find my... There we go. I was like, where are my notes? (laughs) I actually took a decent amount of notes, mostly because there's great dialogue in this. (laughs) Yeah, as usual, I always start off writing down all the dialogues. That's all great. And then I just give up because I'm tired of writing down dialogue. Right. Uh, so the episode opens up with one of our three staple openings for episodes, it's one where they're sending a mouth through to go check out a new address to see if it's viable to go travel to. And uh, they see that there's, like, Mayan origins, and uh, Daniel's immediately like, I need to go there, and I am shocked. I'm shocked that Daniel's so- saying he needs to go to a place on the other side of the gate. Like, it's not something he says every week. This kind of shit reminds me of um, something I saw on Tumblr or something of that like. It was somewhere online, but I can't uh-huh. stop laughing about it, which was somebody was talking about like a conspiracy theory that must be afoot because so many ancient cultures have built pyramids. And somebody responded with like, yeah, it's almost as if a bunch of people discovered that the uh, strongest structure in nature is a fucking pyramid. <laughs> How strange. It's just a bunch of people independently figured something out, doofus. How odd. Uh, but yeah, so so Daniel says, I need to get over there. And they, Sam is getting some readings 
in the, the, the mouth gets sent into this, like, cavern that's pretty big. There's, like, stalactite, stalagmite kind of formations going on. And Sam's getting some readings that she calls, uh, she says, these are leptons. And Jack's immediately... Oh, you go... I was gonna say, because she goes, these are leptons, and Jack's immediate response is, get out. (laughs) Right, I love, I love him. Uh, I did like the trivia, though, for pointing this out. There are leptons in the pyramid. In actuality, leptons are a type of subatomic particle. Several such particles include electrons, positrons, and neutrinos. However, in the case of neutrinos, they really do pass through everything, no matter how dense. Sunlight is very rich in neutrinos, for example. An estimated 65 million solar neutrinos pass through one square centimeter every second. So it's annoying when the the fucking physicist is given bad dialogue, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I feel like uh, they did the very tiniest of research for, like, terminology and then didn't try to make it actually work. I feel like every bit of, um, like, science dialogue Sam had had in this episode was a very veiled attempt to try and pretend like the science of this episode makes sense. It's kind yep. of like the um, the jokes made about like old school Star Trek with like the reverse the polarity like those those jokes. This is this is Stargate's reverse the polarity episode. <laughs> Pretty sure they use reverse the polarity in this show too. <laughs> Probably it's a staple. But I do love that when she's talking about the uh, leptons and everything, she talks about how they can pass through anything, no matter how dense. And then uh, Jack's reaction, like, his facial reaction to it, it's obvious in his head he's going, you calling me stupid? <laughs> I mean, your words. <laughs> I just love, I love that he did it without dialogue. Just, like, everyone could tell he's like, oh, so I'm dead. <laughs> Again, the banter is already great in this episode. So then we get the enhance on the crystal skull. <laughs> enhance. <laughs> And this is where I had to say, uh, Daniel, someone needs to teach you some etiquette lessons because there's this thing called please. Figure out how to say please. Not a please, not a thank you. Every time, to this day, I am a, I almost said fully fledged adult. Well, (laughs) in terms of time and the fact that I'm married now, so I guess that adds some credence to my maturity level, hopefully. (laughs) But yeah, as an adult, I can tell you it's been a long ass time, but I still, every time I say something, hear my mother's voice in the back of my head saying, say please. Say please. <laughs> and then after I've, after I've done something, I can literally hear her saying sometimes, and what do you say? And I'll go, shit, thank you. <laughs> As they walk away. So uh, this is where we start to hear about uh, the mysterious grandfather that we've never heard about before and about Nick um, finding a skull like the skull in this cave, uh, this cavern. Yes. Fun fact on that. Bum, bum, ba-dum. Okay, so first off, the giant, there's a lot of trivia for this episode. It was nice. I love the ones that actually give me, like, a trove. This is what I'm here for, man. Anyway, the giant pyramid containing the crystal skull is described by Major Carter to be over 1,000 meters tall, which I love her accidentally going. Somebody wrote that Canadian. Um, mm. I'm not against it. Uh, it's just funny because she's supposed to be American, I think. By modern day comparison, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, the largest man made structure ever built, stands at only 828 meters tall. Only. Which only. That was. That was fun. Uh, the reason why... Oh, here we go. Uh, in real life, the crystal skulls discovered in Latin America have been found to be hoaxes. This included found, uh, one found in the 1920s in Belize, the same location as the one that Daniel Jackson's grandfather discovered. 
Maybe that's why the show never bothers to mention any of the fucking background about why there's a skull there, why these gods put one there, why the supposed god of creation, according to the tri- uh, trivia, because I didn't know that about Mayan culture, but apparently Quetzalcoatl is the Aztec god of wind, air, and learning. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Aztecs, oh, sorry, not, not, not the Mayans, the Aztecs believe that mankind was created by him, so, you know, so on. But they don't explain anything about, like, why these guys... Had a, had a had a skull there and so on. And maybe it's just because uh, the show was like, oh, well, it turns out it's fake, so never mind. Yeah, there we go. I need, I'm desperately searching for reasons as to why this was set up to be kind of like an important backstory day for for Daniel, and then there's just never anything about it ever again. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Besides, you know, it being in an alternate universe. I think it comes down to another thing of these guys are very clearly powered, and if we gave them close friendships with Stargate, then it's that, it's the kind of conundrum yeah, we've had usually before. they're written out a little more distinctly, like, oh, yeah. we can't deal with you because you're racist. Children. Or something. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, something, anything. Yeah. Well. Nope. <laughs> they just, I guess they just kidnapped Daniel's grandfather and that was yeah, the end of it. That's it. Goodbye. So, we get back to the briefing room and Daniel is doing a little slideshow on Crystal Skulls. Um, and revealing that he clearly doesn't have, like, a great relationship with his grandfather. Oh, shit. The reason why it's never referenced again? None of it ever happened. It all took place inside of um, Nick's uh, head. He's having a delusion Oof. back in the hospital. Ouch. Ouch, unless it managed to help him resolve his tension with his grandson. <laughs> At least internally, since apparently he's never coming back. Ah. Uh, well, supposedly Daniel visits him, so... <laughs> Anyway, sorry to interrupt, go on. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, he's just showing a slideshow, he's revealing through little bits of dialogue that he didn't have a great relationship with his grandfather, um, he, he got used to calling him Nick, because he didn't like being called, like, granddad or whatever. They're, they're just expositing some convenient reasons why this guy's A, never been mentioned, and B, wasn't part of the foster family backstory. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he talks about how Nick claimed that the skull he found could teleport you to go see aliens if you stared into its eyes. And then, my, and we already talked about this, so I'm just gonna quickly reference, I have a whole rant about how I'm sick of the show thinking that Daniel claimed the pyramids were lying these eyes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we already yeah. talked about that. <laughs> so, they're about to go, th- sorry. A lot of, I have to skip a couple notes because it's stuff we already talked about. Yeah, alright, now I know where I'm in my notes now. <laughs> they decide that we're, they're going to go into the cavern and go check it out. And uh, there's a part that I don't even remember. I think it's right before they go through the gate. And I don't know what prompted him to tell Daniel this like it was comforting. <laughs> but he looks at Daniel and he goes, hey, Nintendo's passed through everything. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Jack. I love when he decides to purposefully act like an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, you remember what the word is. You just don't care. <laughs> I love how he basically just trades off who's, who he's needling. Whom he's yep. needling. It's either mm-hmm. Sam when he's feeling flirty or Daniel when he's feeling flirty. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so they go through and Daniel... They go, they go through the, there's not great CGI, although I will say there was one not bad CGI shot when they first start to cross over the long um, bridge, probably because there was enough of a real bridge that they were only relying on like map painting in front of them a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But that first part when they start to walk out onto the little bridge doesn't look bad. 
<laughs> it's funny you say that because it's uh da, da, da. when sg1 is i'm on the goose list it cracked me up when sg1 enters the cavern one can clearly see that a green screen is being used as when they start to cross the catwalk to the skull the rocks above passed through teal's head oops but yeah so they go over to the skull and daniel proves that also apparently he also doesn't listen to himself when he's talking because he goes and crouches down in front of the skull and does exactly what his grandfather said would teleport you to go talk to aliens. Daniel's stupid. Yeah, he is. He's the stupidest smart guy around. And uh, the Tilk, the, the Tilk, the skull the starts reacting to him. And Tilk does something that, so apparently this episode is everyone gets to act like an idiot. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's funny how stupid everyone gets when they need to for the story to happen. In Tilk's minor defense, though. Shooting a zad at things has solved most problems until now. I guess there's this is this is a good data point to pay attention to, and they never will. But still, yeah. Uh, so the the skull starts like glowing near Daniel. Radiation is upticking nearby, uh, and then Teal shoots the skull, and it throws Daniel back. And now, suddenly, no one can see Daniel, and they can walk through him. So I do actually- Okay, you know how last episode we talked about whether or not they were already laying the groundwork for Daniel dying? Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of wondering if they knew it was happening, because in part of this episode, Daniel at one point thinks, Am I dead? Yeah, it's oddly foreshadowy again. And- there were a lot of ties to the activity for the skull being connected to radiation upticks. Yeah, maybe. It's just a weird coincidence if they didn't know this no, was going to happen. No, you're not wrong. Man, dude, on a slightly more, on a less serious topic note on that one. Yeah. This, this episode's full of goofs. Uh, when Teal'c fires a zad at the crystal skull in an attempt to stop the expanding energy field and Jackson is thrown backwards down the steps... Jackson lands with both of his hands and his head uh, face hanging over the ledge. This one I noticed. Um, when the <laughs> shot changes and we see Teal'c walking through him, he suddenly moved about two feet back from where he was uh, landed. Yeah, he's, that no, he's no longer right. at the edge. That's why when you were saying some of the directed shots, I was kind of like, well, some yes, some are just continuity crap, which is I feel like somebody has to be blamed for that one, and I'm not sure if it's the editor. It could be. It really could be. It really depends. But yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, so so Daniel's invisible now. Uh the radiation continues to uptick to like dangerous levels and right after Sam says that she passes out and Jack doesn't even hesitate just hurls her over his shoulder and starts carrying her towards the gate telling Teal to follow. And this is definitely in my opinion one of the worst and it's not even really a CGI shot. And I think they did it because they're trying to work around the CGI. But the, they reuse it twice, and it's so bad and awkward. It looks like they just have Teal running on a freaking, um, uh, I'm blanking Treadmill on, or something. Treadmill, thank you. It looks like it's just Teal running on a treadmill with, like, a painted mat. Like, you know those old school where they would have, like, the projector behind a car? Yeah. It looks like that. It's so bad. It's so awkward. He's not even running hard. It's like, if you were going to do this, at least show him, like, running hard. But it's like this awkward little half jog. Yeah, like the little it's half so trot. so bad. Is and they use it again when Tilt goes back a second yeah. time. Yep. No, you're not wrong. I, uh, I, I'm just laughing because when he's running out the, one the other goose listed, this one I had to go back and check and it, they're not wrong. Um, when he's, when, uh, when Daniel's just lying on the ground and, you know, O'Neill yells at Teal'c to run, he, you can clearly see him sidestep <laughs> Daniel on the, on the floor. He's Aww. just like, 
step around. But yeah, no, with the with the reusing the CGI, that's just terrible. Yeah, it was. God, that. Ooh. Yeah, it's not even a CGI shot. It's just I, I'm pretty sure it was to work around CGI, but it's bad. It's oh. bad. And one other thing we should uh, mention. Uh, da, da, da. It's pointed out in an earlier episode that uh, one of the, one of the Thor's chariot, Thor's hammer episodes, that he has a, a fear of heights when he's crossing that bridge thing. Doesn't mention that here at all as they're crossing this very narrow bridge in a very massive deep cavern. Oh yeah, that's true actually. Just wanted to point that out. This episode no, stands right. alone because it also yeah, exactly. doesn't care about fucking apparently... shit. Well, you know what? No, it is in Nick's brain because he doesn't know about that. There we go. Somehow he knows about the Stargate, but he doesn't know about this. I mean, it's in his brain, but maybe the aliens did tell him. There we go. Maybe some. I mean, it's like a lie. Part of it had to be true for it to be yeah. believable. So, uh, yeah. So they go back. Daniel's left behind, unconscious on the on the place. Get used to this, Daniel. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, you know, everyone goes to Med Bay. Um, Teal is almost immediately back out because he's always back out. Apparently Janet's uh, been promoted to Major um, off screen somewhere along the way. Good for her. Yeah. And there's just a lot of, like, in the background things happening. Uh, that It's just basically like, a, oh, no, where's Daniel? How do we fix this? Blah, blah, blah. blah. What's going on? The huge. Um, just insert and- team member name here. Yeah, exactly. It, this is a common thing where it's just like the, the nothing scrambling kind of moment. Um, and Teal'c is almost immediately out of med bay. He's like, no, I'm fine. And he volunteers to go back and fetch the skull so they can try and figure out what the hell is going on. And so that's where we get the second sideways profile awkward running treadmill shot. It's bad. Um, but at least him coming back for the skull uh, wakes Daniel up and Daniel can follow him back through the gate. Hello. I always do love that uh, rescue by by perfect timing convenience. Yeah, there's there's definitely an element of perfect timing, but on the other hand, Tilk did like make noise to wake him up. So he was zapped into unconsciousness by way of a combination of an energy weapon and an expanding and collapsing energy field. Which I think that the reason why it knocks them out, by the way, is that when it when it collapsed, it overloaded basically thanks to the zat. So that oh yeah, I had a massive think, overflow of power, that's and that's happened. what created the extra surge of radiation to knock well, out you- Sam. You do have to keep in mind there's been a time difference here. There's been a time gap. Oh, I know, but I'm still going to be like, okay. No, uh-huh, I know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, you're always going to jump also, on the Also, I love how people moments. shake shit off here so easy. Yeah. Like, I know it's not a fair comparison because one is, like, trauma versus druggedness, but I remember, like, waking up from surgery or something like that, and it takes a few minutes to become cognizant of reality yeah. again because your brain was offline. Now, I'm, I'm thinking that if you're caught in an overload of this kind of nature, your brain might be offline for a bit also. Uh, maybe even in a worse capacity because it wasn't a controlled shutdown like it is with propofol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it always cracks me up when these guys just go, ooh, shake, 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 stands up. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm like a gazelle. I know how to walk. All right. Onwards. We don't have eight extra minutes to show someone recovering. <laughs> right. It just always amuses me. Uh, so yeah, Daniel follows Tilk back through. Tilk has the skull now, but no one can see or hear Daniel. Tilk goes to visit Jack, who calls Janet a Napoleonic power monger. For telling him he can't get out of bed because his weak ass can't handle it. And then he tries to get out of bed and immediately face plants on the floor. And I love the heavy thud of Tilk lifting Jack off the ground and just throwing him onto the bed. And Jack's just face down on the bed and goes, thanks, Tilk. <laughs> 
Dude, I'm so jack it hurts. This is the scene this is the scene where uh, Eric was kind of like giving me that like that sad eye and I was like shut up. It was it was both funny and offensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh otherwise known as accurate. Yep. So this is my first moment of um and I already brought I've already talked about it a little bit. Teal'c is explaining the skull to Jack and we start with him in the foreground. But then as he's explaining the skull, like picking it up and everything to Jack, we cut over to Daniel and Teal continues to talk and Teal and, da- and Daniel starts to talk over him a little bit. But we can still clearly hear both of them without there being too much of a wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't it was not bad. I will I will agree yeah. with that. I liked that. Um, so they decide to give the skull to Rothman to examine. And this show is so mean to Rothman. <laughs> Leave that man alone. He's such an easy scapegoat of a trope, too. Yeah, I do love that they're like, no, we need Daniel to be doing this, not Rothman. It's like, yeah, but Daniel's the one who's missing. <laughs> also, just once, I would love a middle ground. So they have every show. This is not the only show that does it. Every show's guilty of it. Yeah. It's always opposite ends of the spectrum. You always have folks like Daniel, who, okay, don't get me wrong. He's hot as fuck and does defy a little bit of the, uh, of the... Yeah. There, but yeah, still. Yeah. Like Rothman kind of backs up here too with their geeks, they have glasses, they have allergies, they have the detriments that go with being a nerd. Uh huh. And and anybody that's a scientist type, you know, you're uh shit, what was the what was the term back in the day? Um squinty types, the squints and everything. Uh-huh. All those types. They were always the Daniels uh trope. And if you ever, ever veer away from that, you end up going down Sam's route where you're a nerd, but you're a hot fucking nerd with literally no detriments. You have no allergies, <laughs> you have no uh your your eyesight is fine, your hearing is fine, everything about you is fine, down to your actual physical aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I want just once a middle ground. Where they're neither gorgeous nor ugly, perfectly healthy, nor an obvious stereotype. Absolutely like, there's even, not. like, in SGU, they don't really escape it. Like, there's a beautiful, brilliant doctor who's incredibly intelligent, and she's something of a saving grace in the show. And she's allowed mm-hmm. to walk through use of the communication stones, because usually she's fully fucking paralyzed in a wheelchair. And that just pisses me off. It's like, why? Why, why, why? Why does everybody always have to be limited in order to be intelligent? Like, even in, like... Don't know. Like, SGU did a great job of, like, really expanding on it. Like, everyone's things that holds them back when they're a a brainy type is different. Like, with Eli, it's the fact that he's a social idiot. (laughs) That's... (laughs) That's believable. my go-to. Right, it's believable. But you have, everybody's got a thing. Like, Nick's a fucking dickhead. Um, yep. Rush is a fucking dickhead. And stuff like that. You know, like that's that's a detriment to me, his personality. <laughs> oh, 100% it is. So, yeah. yeah it just kind of kills me when that kind of shit happens. Granted, I know Daniel does kind of defy this a little bit because his allergies are really only ever around when you need a quick little joke. They were around a are lot in much season gone. one, but they got tired of it. Yeah, his glasses are pretty much gone. Well, not, they're not gone, but they're not really. I guess. I guess since they're not in his hair anymore, I don't really actually pay attention to them. I guess they're actually still around. Well, it's because he got good ones now. Yeah, so his glasses are still there, but they're not like the thing that people use as a stereotype anymore for him. No. Like it's not like you know constantly to push it up. You know, it's not fogging up and causing issues unless again for a quick joke. But even then, it's not really lingered on, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he's fucking built, and he's beautiful, so... Oh, heck yeah. So in this case, I think he mostly just has now slid to the Sam end of the spectrum. And again, I was just like somebody in the middle. 
To quote Rodney McKay, Daniel Jackson doesn't count. Daniel Jackson's a freak. <laughs> right? Seriously. But th- okay, McKay. That also proves my point. Speaking yep. of dickheads. Yep. So yeah, just oy. just once. I want one that's in the middle. They don't need to be gorgeous. They can just be normal adults with beautiful brains. And yet there's always something in TV. Because apparently it's just unbelievable that an mm-hmm. average person, looking person with a big brain is working in this field. <laughs> Wildly unbelievable. But yeah, so, uh, Rothman, I, how does this man work for SGC and he's this goddamn skeptical? How is he using Afrin in a hermetically sealed bunker? That's my issue with him. Every time he's using the allergy medicine, I'm like, dude, you're in a sealed bunker. What are you, what, what's happening? It's psychosomatic. But yeah, no, um, I mean, I know it's his first real life appearance versus the one where it was in a dreamscape. Where they- Oh, yeah. But he, he still is there, still aware of the Stargate. And it's like, dude, yeah. you know the existence of a wormhole maintaining device built by aliens. And you're, you, you're skeptical that a skull can teleport someone. Yeah. Jack's so, yeah, been teleported. Wrong. Jack's been teleported. Uh, Everyone's always weird. skeptical because it has to happen for the story for some fucking reason. For some We're always going to complain reason. about it because it's so unnecessary. It's just so wild if you work for SGC to be skeptical. That's the part I have a problem with. But yeah, so I t- so while while the way they have to frame Siler doesn't make any not Siler preview. I do love his appearance <laughs> in this show. No, but the way they had to frame Rothman doesn't make any sense. Siler is so amazing in this scene because. Why is Silo here? Who knows? Who cares? He's perfect. He ends the scene perfect because they all leave Rothman with the skull and he's like, oh. And he like looks over at Silo sitting across from him. He's like, what do you think? And without even looking up, Silo goes, I think you're going to get fired. Can I be Siler in this episode? I was about to say the same thing. Can I be Siler? <laughs> I am this level of unhelpful in most situations and i feel so heavily resonated he's barely in this show but every time he's here he's amazing no that was that was everything i needed in that scene because he's just there for beautiful color commentary but it adds the i think you're perfect it's like why are you even here what (laughs) to be awesome and here's the thing why did they give this skull to an archaeologist to study I guess because they got the one believes was found readings. in ruins. I, yes, but yeah, they got radiation readings. Oh, I didn't know about that too. It's like I like how no one mentions the radiation again, really. Like not really. Like not in any sort of Not capacity. until they're going back to the planet. Yeah, like Jack has to recover from it and then that's it. There's just It also nothing. takes until then for them to think, huh, maybe it's not doing anything because it's not in the big crystal cavern that it coll- it collates with, maybe. It's so wild. Everyone decided to turn off their brains for this episode. They realized it was a, um, it was one of those Wizard of Oz and you were there and you were there dreams, so it didn't matter. And you were there and you were there. So, um, I also, another one of the scenes that I like with the whole Daniel not being here is we get a scene of Teal doing his Kelnorim, and, uh, while he's doing it, Daniel's trying to, like, you know, talk to him and everything. Obviously not expecting Teal to actually hear him, but just, you know. I, if I was invisible, I'd be talking at people who couldn't hear me. I'd be going mad otherwise. <laughs> I also really like it because it sets up thematically the scene later between him and Nick. Yeah, no, it's, yes, it's great. I think, I think this episode in its own bubble does some really good things with, like, themes and, like, metaphors of, you know, like, 
that kind of stuff. I think it does some good uh, narrative uh, mechanics in the episode itself. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the show. <laughs> but in its own episode, there's some strong mechanics in the writing. And it's just, it's a nice, quiet little scene with Tilk doing Kelnarim and Daniel just talking to him. Uh, but yeah, so Tilk goes in to check on Rothman to find Rothman staring directly into the fucking skull. <laughs> and it's like, we told you, we literally told you, the one thing we told you not to do was look into the skull's eyes. And he's like, yeah, well, I was doing it to prove a point. It didn't do jack shit. What was your backup plan, motherfucker? I, I assume... Maybe Siler was still there, and Siler would have told them if he did disappear. And at least, well, then yeah, but like, would... what was no, Rothman's you know backup plan if he got Rothman's, teleported? Rothman's backup plan was if it works, I'll find Daniel, and Daniel will tell me okay. what to do. What if it's not a teleportation device? What if it turns out Daniel was melted, <laughs> or vaporized, or like this? Then, just, this guy and Rothman doesn't have to worry about his job being on the line. Okay, this is more just a scathing indictment of America's employment system. Yeah. If, you, if you'd rather melt by way of crystal skull than face the unemployment market. Oh. I mean, it's it's only season three, but he might also be at the point where Daniel doesn't die. So whatever happened to him, he's not dead. <laughs> or if he is, he's coming back. Yeah, exactly. So like, just if I die wound. too, he'll an all over him. flesh wound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he he proves that, like, it's not doing anything. Whatever happened in that cavern, it's not doing anything now. And then this is, a, uh, after, like, that what, that realization, everyone's, like, hanging out in the gate room control uh, area, talking, and Daniel has the realization, oh, maybe I'm dead. And, um... While he's talking about that, everyone gets, like, the shiver up their spine, someone's walking over, you know, their grave, that kind of reaction. Just, there's, there, this is a common small theme throughout this episode, where, like, I think it usually correlates with Daniel getting, like, overly emotional about something in one way or another. Just, like, to where they have a little bit more of a possibility of maybe sensing that he's nearby, but really not knowing what's going on, you know? Yeah, I guess maybe. Since they never follow through on anything and like like explaining where he is and and parallel ultimately to them or it whatever, means nothing. It, it yeah. means nothing. So it's like yeah. I I have I, it's like okay, cool. I wish I could care, but the episode doesn't even care enough to describe it. So whatever. But yeah, so he doesn't know what's he thinks maybe he's dead, but he's like he's dead. What else is he gonna do? So <laughs> my next note here is I was like, if I thought I was dead, I would hang around on the top of things I shouldn't sit on and silently judge people too. Dude, right? Oh my god. First thing I'm doing is climbing a plane if I can. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Morocco, that he was just sitting on something that he should not be sitting on and just judging everyone as they were trying to talk it out and try and figure out what's going on. Uh, but they, you know, wind up, uh, I, think, I think Sam winds up bringing up Daniel's grandfather. And despite the fact that Daniel's not even where anyone could see or hear him, we still get an in-tandem Nick from Jack and Daniel. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Every time. Every time, yeah. Every time they talk in tandem, it's a blessed moment. And this is where we get the pitch perfect. It's the entire reason for this episode where they're like, yeah, why didn't he ever bring up his grandfather before? And Daniel's pitch perfect delivery of, oh, yes, by the way, he's insane. <laughs> it lived up beautifully. Oh, Michael Shanks' delivery is always just completely on point. <laughs> it's his hand movements. He balances himself out so perfectly. 
Oh, it's so it's so perfect. Um, but yeah, so we got our our moment, and they all go to see Nick at the institution he's um at in Oregon, and they what dressed the fuck up. Teal- led to Oregon. Oh, I need to I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, Teal'c looks great. Teal'c looks like he stepped out of noir film, and I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, my note is literally, "Damn, Teal'c looks." fine (laughs) uh but yeah i do actually like when they go here and they're talking to like the doctors that like what they're hearing from the doctors about nick's reception to daniel and all of that stuff is like immediately in the face of daniel's own impression i like that portrayal of like an unreliable narrator like, he's shocked that Nick is excited to see friends of Daniel and all that stuff. And yet they don't expand on anything, like, why Daniel has this markedly different interpretation of events than Nick and so they, forth. They are so they uninterested sort of in it. They so at it. Yeah, but not I'm enough. Not, I'm I not defending this, but, like, they yeah. sort of insinuate at it when Daniel and, um, and Nick have a little conversation alone. Where Nick kind of insinuates that the reason they have, like, the issues they do is because Nick didn't like the path Daniel was going down and, in a wrong way, was trying to, like, protect him or steer him away from it. I mean, no, I, I, still, I stand by the way it's on. not it... well done, but absolutely, you're right, it does need to be expanded yeah. on. But, like, he, he definitely at least tried to make a nod at it. Meh. Meh. Anyway. Um... But yeah, I, I like that we get that unreliable narrator where, like, Nick's excited to meet friends of Daniel's and everything. And the, the nurse, when she comes in to, to check on them, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're here to see Dick Ballard. And uh, she's like, oh, are you, are you friends of his? And then everybody says yes, except for Teal, who says no. Of course he tells the and truth then there's like an idiot. And then just a pause, and then Teal goes, Yes, extremely. <laughs> Teal just mentally hops on the bandwagon. Yeah. I love Teal. <laughs> oh, we are lying. I see. Oh. Yes, we are quite close. Yes. He was my my best man at my wedding. <laughs> oh, we're using made-up names. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I still love that scene so much. <laughs> Strange reacting to an earnest little 15-year-old is just too good. <laughs> just turning to look at Tony like, do something about this. Seriously? What am I supposed to do with this shit? Yeah. Oh, God. Is this okay. yours? Yeah, is this yours? <laughs> Take this away from me, please. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so yes. I... I do like, uh, while, like, Nick is talking to SG-1 and everything, Daniel's assuming Nick can't hear him, but, like, as they're having the conversation, he's trying to out loud work out his own issues with Nick. Because he's assuming Nick can't hear him, you know? So he, he there's a freedom to saying things to someone oh, when they're yeah. not going to hear it. <laughs> hell yeah. And then Jack makes the mistake of telling Nick that Daniel believed you. <laughs> Like, what? Daniel literally told you he didn't. What are you saying? <laughs> um, and so Jack is basically like, we gotta bring him to see the skull. Like, he's got the closest connection to it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that just reminds me. Uh, this coming up where uh, they're about to reveal the classified thing. The dialogue fucking kills me with Colonel. You walk a fine line. Thank you, sir. Actually, right before that is like literally the line before that I have written down. Oh, nice. Which is um, uh, who's gonna believe him if he says anything? <laughs> yeah, that whole shit. I love it. I just love. And then immediately, look. Colonel, you walk a fine line. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Again, Brad Wright is really good at dialogue. Hell yeah. Yeah, sorry, I kind of got ahead of you. I just no, you're love fine. That bit of dialogue. Yeah, I I mean I didn't write that part down because you sent me that text, so I was like, I'll write the first part down, and then Liz has the second part. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they take Nick over to go see the skull and everything, and I do like that after um after Jack leaves Hammond, Daniel lingers in Hammond's office for a little bit, and again. Great parallels inside the episode itself, like, disconnected from the rest of the show. Daniel getting to see Hammond accept a phone call from um, his granddaughter and just seeing, like, how wonderful their relationship is, how, you know, just communicative and sweet and loving and everything, just to have that direct parallel of his own relationship with his grandfather. But then also, also, and, and yeah, another... Okay, this scene is great because it does three things. It does that parallel where Daniel gets, like, the parallel of his relationship with his grandfather. Shows that he doesn't value someone else's privacy whatsoever. He thinks he's dead. <laughs> he still thinks he's dead right now. <laughs> yeah, see, that. I hope to God ghosts aren't real because that means they watch us when we masturbate. <laughs> so it does that, the parallel thing. Uh, it also gives him something later on to prove that he's around. You know, something that he can give Nick that no one else was there to see, that he can use his evidence that there's someone around that no one can see. So it does that. And then it also, it's just a really sweet scene where, like, because sadly, there's a part where, like, Hannah's like, oh, I'd love to go to your recital, but I, unfortunately, a very good friend of mine is in trouble right now and I have to go find him, you know. I don't remember the exact wording, but I just really love the- yeah, and I just, it's so sweet that just, like, that care that Hammond has for SG-1, just, like, he literally calls Daniel a very good friend, and I know some of that's probably simplified for, for a, a granddaughter, yeah. but he does care about SG-1, he doesn't have to stay there, he could go see the recital. This this shit kills me, though, because, I mean, they don't know this, obviously, no one, no one knew this, the Don S. Davis didn't know this, but mm-hmm. this stuff kills me because Donis Davis died of a heart attack years and years ago. He died when um I think Atlantis was still on the air. Uh-huh. But he died of a heart attack and it was obviously tragic. Yeah. But it makes me think of both real life and the TV show how shortly after the character retires, he dies. Yeah. And so he never because he had such love in his heart for his team and everything, he never got, he to, never just, got like, to have any time with his with grandkids. His grand- yeah, that's uh just, Why'd you have to bring that up? Because Why? if it lives in my heart, it has to live in yours. <laughs> How dare you. And now the hearts of the nine people who listen to us. Rude. Um, so we get a scene with Nick where the guy who's playing him proves that he's honestly a pretty good actor. Yeah. It's a shame that we don't get him back because he's good. And he's basically, you know, giving his whole backstory with the skull and everything. Yeah, that's right. I was going to look up the guy, but I forgot to. Continue. I'm going to look him up. And then he gets left alone at one point, um, and Daniel follows him and stays in the room with him. And it starts out with it seeming it seeming like Nick's doing, like, the talking to Finn. You know, 
it's a thing. <laughs> like the, especially since it's being brought to a place where his grandson works but hasn't seen his grandson, where it seems like he's just kind of doing that apologizing to nothing because you can't apologize to the person in that moment kind of thing. And he starts, and then Daniel, assuming he can't hear him, is doing the whole, oh, yeah, you know, responding anyway, but, you know, that whole thing. But then, like, halfway through the conversation, it's no longer just like, oh, it's nicely, it's it's interesting how nicely this is flowing, despite the fact that Nick can't hear Daniel, to Nick is directly responding to something Daniel's saying. And Daniel eventually figures it out, too. <laughs> Go ahead. So I looked at the grandfather. Yes. The actor died back in uh, 2009, but his name was, uh, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but it was uh, Jean, Jan, Jan, <laughs> Jean Rubesh. Uh, he was a Czech-Canadian bass opera singer and huh. actor. He was in a movie with Harrison Ford in 85 called Dang. Witness, which was nominated for eight Academy Awards oh, I've seen and that won movie. two. Yeah, he was in that. He played Jeez. Eli Lapp. So That's yeah, wild. So yeah, he was a he was a no wonder his performance was good. This guy knew what he was fucking doing. Yeah, and you know what? Somehow I'm not su- surprised at all that he was an opera singer. He's got that atmosphere to him. Uh, but yeah, so I I think the flow of like going from that um, stereotypical one person is invisible and the other person can't hear him that whole because there's like there's that typical that in this sort of plot line you always have that conversation where someone's talking to nothing and the person who can see them is responding but the other one you know that's in yeah. every that whole cliche every trope of this but then it just it honestly flows pretty seamlessly into Daniel realizing, oh no, Nick is actually hearing me and responding. And then even more seamlessly into Daniel getting furious with the man. Dude, that angry dance. Why did you, you can see thing? me? I paused at one point because I had to write down the you can see me because it was just so good. And I paused on the best facial expression. He was just like... <sighs> Yeah, so when good. when he's when he goes, then why didn't you say anything? That little angry dance he does yes. gets that little rage dance has me on the floor. Oh God, I love every time Daniel has a temper tantrum. Michael Shanks does really good temper tantrums. He should be allowed to do more of them in shows that. Oh, he does. I think he gets plenty in. No, he should do more. He's very good at them. <laughs> well, I'm just saying they've already figured this out and they definitely try to give him. They figured out well. he's a drama queen. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, let him do such it. A drama queen. But yeah, so he, and but I do, I also appreciate that, like, he's like, then why didn't you say anything? And, and Nick's like, because you're not really here. I'm crazy. I'm just seeing you. Which is fair. It's totally fair. Not wrong. Uh, but Daniel manages to talk him around uh, to at least t- temporarily believing Daniel is actually here. Like, tells him about the, the Stargate. We see that part mostly happen off screen. We just hear it when Nick suddenly yep. knows about the Stargate program. <laughs> yep. So Nick goes to talk to SG-1. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, Daniel's not dead or missing. He's he's right here. You just can't see him. And then Daniel says, repeat exactly what I say to Nick. And then Jack, because he's Jack, says he's lost a few pounds. Because obviously he doesn't see daniel anywhere it's yep, jack he can't not ass. say anything and then daniel just goes jack don't be an ass and bless nick's little heart daniel told him to repeat everything he said so he goes jack don't be an ass <laughs> and jack immediately is like i believe him he's here <laughs> just his eyebrows are everything they're just daniel daniel <laughs> yeah 
Dude, have you ever it's... seen that meme thing of like the prairie dogs or whatever coming out of the ground and they're just like Daniel? I <laughs> know, uh, not Ellen. Ellen. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, Ellen. It's kind of like that. His face reminds me of that. He just goes Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> It Daniel? also is absolutely the same as the scene from the first X-Men where they're worried that uh, they have to prove that that uh, Wolverine prove, isn't... Prove who isn't, you are. You're an ass. You're a dick. Okay, that's... Okay, you're a dick. All right, yeah, it's him. I just love it. He's like all poised and ready. You're a dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's, it's exactly the same. It's this, Jack, don't be an ass. Jack, don't be an ass. Again, credit to the the actor playing Nick. Like he delivered don't, Jack, don't be an ass in the exact same pitch and intonation as oh right, it was, it was as beautiful. Daniel did. Uh, but yeah, so Daniel uses the phone call Hammond had with his granddaughter as proof that he's been around that he doesn't value privacy. Yeah, and I do. And while they're like, and so they're using nick is like a translator for daniel to like have all of this conversation to figure out what needs to happen but what i like about this happening is um it kind of makes me think of like when you'll have a translator for deaf people yeah and uh they say like don't talk to the translator talk to the person you're having the conversation with they kind of do the same thing in this where like at one point hammond wants to ask daniel a question and he specifically says like, he doesn't even look at Nick when he asks it. Like, because Nick's just the translator. He's right. directly asking Daniel this question. He's he can't see interpret. him, but he's still, this is a question for Daniel. So he's going, Daniel, or Dr. Jackson, or whatever, what is blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what the question was. It right. doesn't matter. I just like that he directly spoke to Daniel, despite not being able to see him. I I, I agree with 100%. I also love that it's um, a visual a good visual cue way of showing when a, when a character believes or starts to believe. Mm-hmm. Because when they don't yeah. believe, they talk to Nick. And as soon as they start to believe, they start speaking to the space next to Nick. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's just a, it's a good visual way of indicating it. There are a lot of strong things it. about this episode. Just the fact that it exists in a larger series is not one of them. No. But yeah, so... <laughs> oh, I remember what the question is now. He asked Daniel if he's sure that, like, they can all get back safely if they bring the skull to that. And I was... And I like it, how and they've Daniel learned to ask him all, this. Daniel doesn't even hesitate to say yes, and Liar. Nick answers with that. And Jack says, that's enough for me. And it's like, Jack, you were there when Daniel lied about the movie. You were there, sir. And he told you he lied about it. And you just, good enough for me? More evidence of the fact that I think Brad Wright needed to rewatch the movie because he didn't remember jack shit from the movie. <laughs> Dude, it never fails to amuse me when they believe Daniel when he says, I yeah, know. there's a way back. It's like, okay, it's cool. Like, now, is there actually a way back? Or do person. you want there to be a, a way back? Or are you assuming there's a way back? I Anytime. want details and I want a fully functioning fucking sentence, Daniel, that tells me in exact words and terminology, yes, there is a method that is both functional and present that will deliver us back home. <laughs> In a timely manner and in our lifespan. Anytime they ask Daniel anything, they should always weigh his answer against his history. How selfish his answer might be. So here's the thing, Mel. This is another reason why I love Stargate Universe so fucking much. is because Rush is so single-minded in what he wants and has Mm -hmm. never been shy about it. But unlike Daniel, has no natural charisma. 
And Amazing. also has no living fucks to give in terms of, like, dealing with others. Uh-huh. He has nothing that he cares enough about that causes him to filter himself anymore. That kind of thing. <laughs> He's just... It's, it's actually a really great part of his character because he lived to hate him. It's great. Uh-huh. Every time he starts to get better, you're like, yay, I guess. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> My whole point I'm getting to here is... When he uh, does something, everybody knows immediately not to trust him. It's, <laughs> everything is like, oh, okay, cool. So if Rush wants to do it, what's the real story? Like, what's going on here? Like, they'll Amazing. trust him because he's also the smartest among them. And it, uh-huh. as long as they're, if, if they're sure that but his they interests know are aligning with theirs, a, then they can trust him. Motivation. Yeah, but there's almost always something else going on. And again, if his interests are aligning with yours, why? <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of thing. He's definitely not an antagonist most of the time, but he's definitely an antihero because of that. And I just nice. really enjoy that part of him. It's, oh, it's yeah. kind of like in Supernatural with um, Crowley. My favorite part of the show? Well, my favorite ever is when they're talking to him about something, and he says his little part of the deal, whatever, and then they're all just, like, pausing, and he's like, what? And they're like, all three of them go, if. <laughs> <laughs> because they know him. So, yeah, it cracks me the fuck up. It's that kind of element that I wish they had with Daniel. It takes them until Stargate Universe for them to go, oh, wait, people around these kinds of people would definitely start learning. Yeah, don't trust Daniel when he says absolutely. I don't trust Daniel, period, Ever. anymore. Yeah, fair, I love fair. you, Daniel, but you are not trustworthy. I don't trust him. I love him, but I don't trust him. Uh, but yeah, so they all start to head back uh, to go through. And this is the part where I'm like, why is, it, why is it only now that they think, huh, maybe the skull only does something if it's in the cavern that we got it from. <laughs> Because story got a story. Yep. Also, I like how they brought back the giant radioactive thing and didn't put it in, like, a thicker bunker type situation. They're just like, let's just keep it in a random office. And hopefully it won't radiate anybody randomly. Yeah. Well, they did tell that it had no radiation coming off At of it. At that time? I don't know what to tell you, man. But yeah, I do, and I think most of this part of... So I've been saying... I, I like to point out when I like the, the way they use Daniel being invisible. And I think most of this one comes down to writing. But you still have to be decent with framing that sh- that scene to make the writing really pop well. I love the way they show. They're all walking down the hallway to go to the de- embarkation. And Jack asks Nick. And Daniel said, you have to come too? And then Daniel and Minnie's like, hang on, I never said that. You're using me. me. And then the the perfect pause where Nick just goes, yes. And he's just answering both of them. <laughs> I love that. Where he goes, wait, no, I never said that. You're taking advantage of me. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. I love Daniel. Oh. I love that dialogue choice, too. That was kind of awesome. It was wonderful. I loved it. And the look at his face, too. Speaking of Supernatural, I once saw, like, on Pinterest or some shit. I don't know. Someone forwarded it to me. And it was hysterical. Yeah. Somebody had freeze-framed it um, during a, a shot when Castiel is first burning the Enochian into their ribs. Uh-huh. And someone screenshot a uh, freeze frame right after that where it just shows their faces and they're both just like so taken aback. And the, <laughs> up until then, the scene was just like normal, whatever for me. But the person who responded underneath it had me in tears where they're like, they look so violated. Oh, <laughs> Like Dean's face. <laughs> like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you, sir? You know, he also just got his ribs carved into without his consent. So I think his face is probably, you know, justified. Yeah. I, I would say so. But yeah, I um, it's that same kind of feeling, that look on uh, Daniel's face. Mm-hmm. All right, I need to make room on my phone. I think I'm officially, for the last time, saying goodbye to Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah. 
There's just not enough of a plot line. They tried, but, like, there's not a plot, you know? It was a fun little fad. It was fun when I was in Ireland. It was fun when everyone was doing it, but yep, now exactly. it's only, like, a focused few, and they're all, like, 30 levels ahead of me, so it's like, why? Why would I do this to myself? I spent three weeks going around Ireland uh, making a few people's day by being the American with Pokemon Go. It was terrific. Like, I'm sure there were a million American tourists, but most of them were, like, I don't know, probably paying attention to Ireland, and meanwhile, I'm on right? my fucking phone playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> That's fair. I played it so much, I had to take the back off my phone and hold it battery first to the window as we were driving, Ouch. just to cool it down as much as oh I could, because th the thing was so hot in my hand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's one of my most cherished memories. I forgot which castle it was, we went to one of the castles, and my dad tried to uh, shame me, he pulls out the uh, camcorder, or whatever, and he takes a video of me, and he goes, hey... You, one who's been on her phone this entire time. Any Pokemon up here? And I was like, I don't know. Pulls out phone. Checks. No. I can look. <laughs> and went back Amazing. to looking around the castle. I was like, oh, actually, it's a good idea. Let me check. Totally missed the joke. It wasn't until you were home, like, a month later that I was watching the video. I was like, oh, you were trying to be an asshole. I thought you were being helpful. <laughs> Aw. Why would, why would a parent be helpful? <laughs> Okay, but yeah, so we are basically at the end of this episode, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. So everyone goes through, and there's more terrible CGI, and they realize, okay, so Teal'c shooting the, the skull while it was happening probably disrupted it. So what we need to do is let it actually happen all the way through this time, without any interruption. Stop and, shooting um, shit. Yeah, so they, they place it. It gets enacted. Suddenly, everyone can see Daniel, but Teal'c can't see anyone. Poor Teal'c. And Teal'c tells Hammond, like, hey, everyone else disappeared too. And Hammond says, go, come back through. Okay, yeah. uh, so I, I know I'm getting a little ahead, but once the uh, giant aliens appear, I know, I, I, I was looking through because when they were speaking, I was like, God, that voice sounds so familiar. I wonder who it was. Forgot to look it up, but just now I'm looking at the uh, guest cast list. Yeah. It's, it's fucking Christopher Judge. It would be familiar. It was Teal. He went off screen and started voicing the giant monsters <gasps> That's instead. That's so funny. Because it's like, what's funny about that is like, it. it's almost like they framed this episode like a play. I was just thinking like that. they had it's, to get It's him like off when stage. my character in the play had to run off screen to go yes. attack something. And instead I ran up to the second floor balcony and up and into the wings because I had to play the booming voice yeah. of somebody. I had to fucking scurry to get there every time without stomping too because of course it was creaky as shit. It's so funny because obviously it was just them using someone who's got a good voice who's already on their pace, their pace right? dub. But, like, it's so funny because the timing of it is just like, oh, come back through. And as soon as Teal'c disappears, suddenly Christopher Judge is doing the voice. It's funny. This was his uh, audition for God of War. This was there his first go. attempt at playing a god. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Quetzalcoatl shows up, and it's like a big smoke monster that looks like human-shaped. And Jack's reaction is, holy smoke, Bullwinkle. <laughs> Jack, it's really hard to be attracted to you when you start sounding like my dad. <laughs> when he swears like someone from the 1930s. <laughs> the most modern thing my dad has ever said was, God, stop being such a dildo. And I was like, oh my lord, please don't wow. ever say that word around me again. Please, father, please. Holy never again. shit. I will pay you money. Yeah, so basically the wrap up for this episode is that Teal'c wasn't included in the little teleport because he's got the snake in his belly. The amount of time it takes them to figure this shit out every single time is just astounding to I me. Know. They're like, why it's wasn't Teal'c taken with us? 
Gee, hmm. I wonder. I wonder if he's different to us in some way. And then and Sam goes, he's Jaffa. And it's like, no shit. Uh, okay, but yeah, so they find out, because the, the Quetzalcoatl's like, oh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, blah, blah, blah. Uh, basically, they, they, don't like the, they don't like the gold. Uh, there's no, like, real promise of anything coming from this. Because there's nothing they, that's ever going to yeah, come of this. Yeah, because nothing's ever going to come of this. But they do invite Nick to stay. And and uh, Daniel tries to be like, well, uh, well, we could, we we could get someone else to stay with you, and Nick's like, no, no, I want to stay. <laughs> I know we're only just starting to resolve the tension between our relationship, but fuck it, I'm not coming back. Go back into, let me just immediately fall back into old habits and abandon right? you for the uh, quest of knowledge. Which, to be fair, is also accurate. It's not an immediate solution kind of thing. Yep. Guess not. Uh, but yeah, so Nick decides to stay with the big old aliens. We're never going to see him again, which is a shame because this is a good actor. And honestly, imagine if we had kept Nick around, if you involved him in the story after Daniel died, for real. That could have been some good shit, but no, that, yep, Nick no. ain't coming back. But yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. It's it's one of the most abrupt of all of our ends because it's like, none of this matters. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. It, none of this, it, it doesn't correlate at all. But it was fun. So, like, uh, do I really mind all that much? Yeah, no, I should hate it. I really should. Should yeah, be. Yeah, because we had an episode. Of, what was it? Touchstone that we had this exact same comment. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be here. But like, we hated Touchstone. But this is a fun episode. There's great banter. It's got some of the most iconic lines in this season. It just it's fun. Who cares? I guess just because for a stupid filler episode, it's not, like, offensively stupid. It's just weird that it's the second to last episode of the season that they made a filler, but... Yeah, I, I got nothing on that. I that guess they wanted choice. some something lighthearted between Metal Instincts and Nemesis. <laughs> yeah. Some people use Honeydew Melons, other people use this episode, whatever. Yeah. So that's the end of this episode. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, Death Tally. Nobody died, but Daniel thought he was dead for a while. Not yet, Daniel. Your time will come. And then again. And then again. And then again. Yeah, so we've got the two death tallies. We've got the one where they actually die, uh, even briefly. And we do count, like, would have died if not put in a sarcophagus as dying. We've, we've talked about that before. Yes. But uh, we also have the legal death tally, where you might not have actually been dead, but you got declared legally dead. Yeah. Now, he was just MIA. But he... If, if this episode had gone on longer... He might have been legally dead, but he was only missing. So no, they no were always operating here. under the assumption that he was just missing. Yeah, and the story hadn't called for them to declare him dead yet. No, or even when everyone else declares him dead, and Jack's like, "Absolutely fucking not! I'm not going to." He's just waiting for us to say nice things about him again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Can't wait for that. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, no, no one died. I, I, again, ever. Nine times out of ten, when I start this question, it's like, we already know the answer. But are you a Jack or a Daniel this week? God, this one hurt, man. Because <laughs> there were, like, parts of of Jack that were great and parts that were stupid. There were parts of Daniel that were great and parts that were stupid. And it's just like, could you make this easier for me, please? I always go first. You go first. Okay, I'm going to go with Daniel. I enjoyed all of Jack's dialogue, but his responses to things aren't typically the way I ever... Like, we are basically the same person, but a lot of the ways we react to things are a little bit different, and you've got more of that Jack reaction to things. Sometimes. Like, the things that are happening in this episode. Sometimes. Whereas I tend to go a little bit more 
Daniel with my reactions. Like, in my heart, I'm a Siler for this episode. Right? That's Siler the thing. is not in our rankings. So I'm going to go with Daniel just because uh, I really felt that I'm dead, so I'm just going to sit on this countertop and no one can stop me. <laughs> I felt that in my bones. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to be Daniel because of like I, I just love all his dialogue. I love his reactions to things, and I'm not really the holy smokes bow, bullwinkle type. But <laughs> the fact of life is, I'm never going to be that person who immediately assumes I'm dead. Because if I'm thinking I'm dead, I'm going to be thinking immediately afterwards. Okay, but then why do I have thought? Because I'm somebody who thinks that death is the end of existence. That's just mm-hmm. that's just it. So if if something's going to be challenging my uh, view, it's not going to be this. I'm going to be thinking of something else first. I'm, I'm going to be going through a lot of other options first before I land on I'm dead. Yep. So uh, I just can't really align with that. So I think I'm gonna. Ha- that's, I think it's just gonna push me more. It's not like that. That Jack is attracting me more so much as Daniel is pushing me h- harder. Yeah. That being said, I do love Jack in the medical bed because that is totally me. I'm just. That like, is absolutely you. I'm not a terrible patient, but I can only say that because there's nobody here in the room with me to laugh <laughs> at that statement. Uh. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be Jack for that. There we go. Uh. Yeah. So that was that part. Um, I I lo- lost complete track of what. Okay, so <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix for this episode. Thumbs up. I won't give it thumbs two up. thumbs up because I can't. It just literally has no bearing on the fucking show. Yeah. And it's got a lot of issues. But it's fun. But it's fucking hysterical, and I love it. So thumbs up. It's not even shaky. It's funny because like it's it's a lot like the time loop episode, except the time loop episode is obvious about the fact that, hey, this is just a little goofy joke episode for... Whereas this one tries to pretend like it means something. Yeah, this one pretends a little too hard. It's a little showy and annoying for it. That's the biggest issue, I think, with this episode. It got a little too big for its britches. It's like, to be like a... This person disappears for a little while, and to get him back, we have to go talk to this guy and have all this stuff happen. That would have been something else, but, like, they tried to pretend it was going to mean something down the line, and it meant nothing. I think the biggest meaning we can get out of this episode is continuing to wonder if they were already planning on killing Daniel. <laughs> you never <laughs> because know, man. Daniel thinks he died after being exposed to high radiation. <laughs> you never know. I, I, I didn't think the conversation had to have been happening this early, but never know. Spoiler for, what, a, a season from now? <laughs> you know, yep. I feel like uh, the order of these episodes this week, um, so I feel like the one with Oma DeSala should have been switched order-wise with this one, though. Like, I think that would have made more sense for the show's chronology maybe and the again this episode right the doesn't really finale. matter with but here's the thing i think they wanted something uh more lighthearted between maternal instincts and yeah, i get that i just don't like it as yeah. much no i get you no I, I i don't even totally disagree i just think yeah so uh thumbs up, thumbs up yeah. it was fun we had some issues with it i think we mostly had different issues with it except for the fact that we both agree that like there's not actually a point to this episode. Nope. <laughs> I think I gotta add these right these story creators to the list. I don't think we have. Do we have a Michael Greenberg or Gerard Paul in my list yet? Don't know. It was supposed to be. There's supposed to be a Gerard Paul in there. Supposedly this. Was oh the yeah, last Gerard Paul two. is in here. I'll give him one. Michael, are you here? Yeah, he's here too. Yeah, I think they always do story concepts together. So. Well, not anymore. Well, Michael Greenberg might also not be coming back. I don't fucking know. You're the you're the fucking uh, trivia person. But only, it only says something about uh, Gerard Paul, not anything about the other guy. So who knows? So yeah, I uh, thumbs up. And interestingly enough, uh, wait, no, oh yeah, actually, so Brad Turner, uh, the director for this episode, has been in two Hall of Shames. Uh, I think 
this at least deserves not to be a hall of shame. So I think yeah, he's it's not it's not shitty. It's not great. Yeah, it's and there were some actually genuinely good framing shots in this episode. So like he's not abysmal at his job. <laughs> no one can see your half-hearted shrugs. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So uh, that's it for this week. Next week we did it under two hours. Go us. Yeah. So next week we are ending season three with episode twenty-two nemesis and the summary for this episode is o'neill is kidnapped by the asgard and taken aboard a ship where he encounters a swarm of metallic bug-like creatures on a mission to destroy earth o'neill plans to blow up the ship and sacrifice himself but can the stargate team find another way to stop this apocalyptic scheme yay <laughs> God, it was this fast. How you gonna feel about the replicators, huh? <laughs> oh shit! I thought this was. A, I thought I had another season. Well, here's the thing. I think most of the replicator stuff does happen in another season. I think they just in because it's supposed to be that these this is happening really far away. Uh, oh, I think Nemesis is basically introducing that this is what the Asgard are dealing with. Yeah, but no, Thor did already bring him up. Um, in a yeah, he did bring him up, but way. we didn't know anything yeah, about no, it. We just, just knew he reference. was fighting another yeah, war. No, this, this makes sense in the chronology. I'm just mad about it because I, I, uh, you know my feelings about the replicators already. Okay, I do have a question. Um, yeah. is this the episode? Because I, I have a distinct memory of an episode with replicators where, um, where Daniel wasn't was barely in it because in real life Michael Shanks had uh, appendicitis and had to get his appendix removed and they actually just did the same thing in the show yeah where they that, had daniel was supposed to go on a mission but then he had to get his appendix removed so they just gave the same excuse for why uh michael literally yeah no it. that is this episode yes you're it not is? Yeah, okay yeah. here's he's the thing a, he's I in a medical bed in the episode with for a it. spaceship in my head it's always a submarine and i don't know why i don't know why in my head it's a submarine there's a submarine plot later okay are you sure that's not the one with the appendicitis? Well, no, I cheated. I'm looking at the notes right now for next week's episode. Oh, it is? Okay, so I Dr. just Dr. Daniel Jackson's appendicitis reflected Michael Shanks' real-world world condition. It was written into the script at the last minute because the writers needed to drastically reduce Shanks' role to allow yeah. for his recovery. They were actually, the scenes were shot a week after filming of the episode was completed, although Shanks did appear in the episode voicing Thor. Yeah, voicing is different. It's much different. Okay, so what it is is I'm just combining those two episodes in my memory. Yes, sounds like. Okay, that's uh, all right. Well, I'm pretty yeah, sure for some the reason I associate the appendicitis with one. the summer. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah, that's why I'm combining them. Yeah, so it's an easy com okay. combination that's, to make. I, I, you know what? I'm happy to finally have this mystery solved. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna be next week. Barring anyone else get surprise married, which I don't think is gonna happen, because like it's just me and and my roommate now and. Obviously, I'm not getting married, so. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to ever get married. It was not my, uh, I'll put it to you this way, it was not my life goal. But then, I guess, like many other fallen women, I, uh, you meet that one person, and it's like, oh, shit, okay, I guess I'm getting married. I was fine being uh -huh. his person forever, but he wanted to make it official, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so that is it for this week. Next week, Nemesis. Yay, so excited. But until then, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not List or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole.
You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us in our incursion through the iris. And until next time.